Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 27. Today, we're talking about keeping the joy in the music room during tough times. We'll also share highs and lows from our week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So we're going to start off with some high notes and low notes, <laughs> as always. Yeah. And my high note is that Tanya's back. Oh, that's nice. Yay. Um, yeah. So um, I think I, I can definitely share a high note. So I've been out of school for the past two and a half weeks. Um, I just recently returned to the classroom. I had a complete thyroidec thyroidectomy where they took my thyroid out because I had some growths on there that were potentially cancerous. There was 70% like, likely uh, cancerous. And uh, it turns out that's not the case. Everything is fine. Of course, now I don't have a thyroid, but that's fine. Um, there's medications for that. Sure. Uh, but my big transition right now is that I cannot sing. Um, like my range is about three or four notes, and it's below mill C. So, you know, in the elementary music classroom, that doesn't work so well. No. So it's it's just uh, something I'm, I'm, I'm working on. I mean, I have some vocal exercises that I'm allowed to do. It will come back three to six months is what they keep telling me. And I must be patient is what yeah. my surgeon keeps like hammering away at me is that you just have to be patient to be a patient. Right. Right. So anyway, um, but my high note was upon returning to my school, um, I got so many lovely notes from students, and they all signed a banner for me outside Aww. my room. And I still have parents that are telling me how happy their kids are that I'm back. And, and I had a fantastic sub. So, I mean, it's just really, it's nice to know that I'm appreciated. So Yeah, feeling that was, the love. Yeah, so that was kind of nice. Good. I mean, it was very nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and you came back the week of Halloween, right? I did. And was it a little crazy? Um, you know what? I came back a couple days before, okay. I should say. Uh, you know, no more than it is usually. Right. It's Halloween. You right. Know, you expect that. Well, I ask because that segues into my low note. So, oh. I mean, I kind of have two today. Okay. My high note that you're back and I don't have to do a podcast alone. Okay. Um, and then uh, second would be my low note that, you know, I just feel like I didn't plan as well as I should have for the week of Halloween. Ah. So, last year, I remember feeling really... Yeah, happy about the fact that I did some stations the week of Halloween right. and that worked really well because you know they were still able to do Halloween themed activities but they were able to you know do some really active things and work in groups and it kind of gave me a little break and this year I just kind of got behind when it came to like where I needed to be with curriculum mm. so I decided I didn't really have time for stations I was really going to kind of just plow through and include some Halloween activities but really try to kind of keep up my curriculum and what I was working on as far as like my Kodai sequence goes and hey guess what that didn't work so well <laughs> <laughs> because here I'm trying to 
you know, either prepare or practice. I certainly wasn't presenting any new information, but preparing or practicing even some things that were maybe a little bit too intense for the week of Halloween. Mm -hmm. So um, my low note is that I just feel like it was almost like a wasted week because even though I tried to keep plowing through and doing my thing, I'm going to have to, you know, repeat it all again anyways. I know, life goes on. But I was just a little bit bummed because I thought... Man, last year it went so well with the stations, and so I have to remind myself. Were next they making year music? I mean, yes. Were they it enjoying was, it? Mostly. Then it, it wasn't a waste. No, it wasn't a waste. I know that sounds dramatic, but I just mean as far as like I should have just taken the time to do the stations because it, as far as time management goes, it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. And I did stations the day after Halloween since Halloween was on a Wednesday. Then we had Thursday, and then at my school, we had Friday off. The kids had Friday off. Uh-huh. Um, so Thursday was kind of like this book, you know, this weird bookend day where, you know, it was sandwiched between a long weekend and Halloween. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm definitely going to do stations that day. Don't you think the day after Halloween is even it's more fraught worse. with, yeah. with problems? Yeah, because they're Halloween either exhausted itself. or they're, you know, candy crazy or yeah. both. I'm going to make a petition that we have Halloween the last Friday of October. I love it. That's it. Somebody I saw, a friend of mine, posted something on Facebook that there is already a petition out there. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we need to, like, want just to join it. in on it. Totally. But. So, no, it was a fun week. I'm glad, you know, I, I enjoy Halloween week as far as, like, the songs and activities are fun. But my low note is just for myself that I, I just think I could have planned better. Uh, That's all. Okay. Life goes on. It does. So our topic today is uh, keeping the joy in the music room during tough times. And I wanted to kind of give some lip service on why we're talking about this right now. Uh, For the past few years, I have been a a mentor, music teacher in my district. And one of the things that I received several years ago during some training is this diagram of the phases of a first year teacher and their attitude toward teaching. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put it in the show notes on the blog so that you can see this. And it's very interesting because along the bottom, there's all the months. And you see in August, there's anticipation, and then it kind of swoops down to survival. Well, during October, November, December, there's (laughs) a lull, lull, and it's entitled disillusionment. Yeah. And really, I mean, this is called phases of a first-year teacher, but I think that we all go through this. Yeah. Maybe to different extremes, yes. but it is very common, especially October, November, December. But really, October is when it really starts settling in. Right. And not to say that you should expect, you know, to feel disillusioned every October, but there's power in 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 knowledge and knowing that that might happen. Yeah. Right? And it's normal. And it's normal. And I, for me, I always feel it in November specifically because I do, I love Halloween and I love gearing up for Halloween at school and the weather is usually still pretty warm. And then November comes and I'm not like personally big into Thanksgiving as a holiday. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's lovely, but it's not one that I get all excited about like I do Halloween and I feel like students don't either. Yeah. Um, you know, and then December is just always 
madhouse getting yeah. ready for concerts yeah. and, and then the holidays. Over. So November is just kind of this odd, quiet month in mm-hmm. between, I think, two really exciting, fun months as far as working with children sure. and me personally. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when we change the clocks and it gets dark earlier, like there's oh, just yeah. so much that goes which into it. Which we just it. did. We just did today. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it's fine. That's just, that's part of the circle of life exactly. and time. Exactly. And but just to know yeah. it's coming and to feel like, okay, there's some things that maybe we can do to kind of pull ourselves out of it when we're feeling that funk. Right. And then the other reason that I wanted to bring this up now is because sometimes life throws you a curveball. Like sure. my, you know, recent cancer scare. Right. Which, you know, um, that that was very... Um, uh, Scary. It was a little scary, yeah. And then going through the surgery, which the surgery in itself was not that. I mean, I've had a tonsillectomy as an adult, which was far worse as far as pain goes and recovery goes. Yeah. And so this was not a really um, challenging recovery. Right. Except for that I'm still recovering and I can't sing and my voice is pitched a lot lower and I don't have any volume. Anyway, um, so it's the cancer scare and then like to get over that and then the surgery and then on top of it, like this whole new um, thing to deal with is the not singing. And I know it's supposed to come back. But meanwhile, it kind of threw my teaching sequence, my long range plans, uh, you just burn them. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. It's not happening in the way that I w- would like it to happen. And I'm still incorporating singing in the music room, of course. But I have to be really. Um, Creative. creative about it my <laughs> daughter is singing like i'm doing voice memos of my daughter on you know the night before and say oh, okay now you got to sing witch witch Aww. and um so i'm using her yeah i'm using the recorder yeah um i am occasionally using the piano yeah but it's very interesting you know how we've heard this research um john Robin talked about how kids will most readily and most accurately imitate a child's voice first. Right. And I tell you what, through my own antidotal like experiments in the music room, he's yeah. absolutely right. Because when I use Amelia's voice to like start a song or a game, they, they go there, it. they're in tune. When I use the piano, it's it's not happening. Wow. Um, and the recorder is a good thing, but I've also been using the slide whistle, which is very interesting because <laughs> we've been using it for vocal exploration and then... Sometimes when my, when my recorder is across the room, I've been learning to play the little tunes on the slide whistle. That's hilarious. Well, <laughs> it's just kind of an extension of my voice, I yeah. figure, because, uh, and well, and then the other downside or whatever is that I just, I sing and I talk and I'm a very aural and oral person. And even when I'm not teaching, when I'm alone completely, I will burst into song, Yeah, you know, singing along with the radio or if someone says a phrase that is like a song lyric. Right. I'm one of those annoying people. Yeah. So now I'm one of those annoying people who can't match pitch because <laughs> you're just groggily. <laughs> I'm just groggily oh. attempting. And I got to not do that because I, I feel you know, things lurching, yeah. and I know that other muscles come into play right. when your vocal folds aren't working, and you don't want to train those other muscles because they will they will get fatigued, and uh. then they will, like, I don't need those to... Anyways, it's a long... Uh, whatever, we'll see what happens. Three to six months. Right. Yeah. But in the meantime, in the meantime you're dealing with it, and it's mm-hmm. frustrating, and it's hard. Exactly. So, I mean, Hence this is one of those things. Hence today's topic. Hence today's topic. <laughs> right. So, anyway... We were going to talk, we were going to break this down on like things professionally when you're having a time of, of trouble or 
um, when you or the students are off for whatever reason, professionally right. things that you can do, personally things that you can do, right? Yeah. Let's right. do it. And Carrie did a fantastic podcast the last time. Oh, I did. I loved listening to it. Oh, thanks, And she, she talked about something that um, is very effective used in, you know, when you use it sparingly is just to be honest with kids. Right. And, I mean, I I know that I have had times where I have been honest with with kids and you know it's all about relationships in your classroom anyway yeah and so this is something as long as you're not making it all about you all the time of course right that like kids can really I mean they're they're human and they've had hard times too oh and, yeah and well and maybe just to quick sum it up in case you haven't heard yes, the last episode so there's a particular sixth grade class that I've been struggling with and I've talked about them now in multiple podcasts and um there was a day that I was having them a few weeks ago now that I had found out that morning that we were losing a member of our school community, that someone would be passing away, and it was really difficult, and I thought I was ready to teach, and then they came in, and I realized I wasn't, and I burst into tears in front of them, and then it it became this, you know, me letting them know that this is why I'm sad and this is why I'm crying and this is how I'm feeling and I'm human too. And then they started to share stories of people who they had lost and, you know, but totally by accident, you know, we created this bond that now I have with them and the other specials teachers and other adults in the building will come to me and say, well, why are you doing okay with that sixth grade class? That's because amazing. they're struggling everywhere. Yeah. And I say, well, <laughs> it wasn't something I planned, right. honestly. I mean, it wasn't something that I ever would have meant to happen that way. But, you know, just because of that personal connection, and I'm not saying they're perfect. They still come in and they're still well, sure. a challenge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I use the mindful glitter bottle. It's right. like, you know what? You said crap. <laughs> I said crap a lot. Well, I was real with them. And that's, that's really what I wanted to, to come across, you know, always with them. But in that particular situation is this is a real life situation. Yeah. And it sounds like you handled it like perfectly, absolutely right. Well, I don't know. It just happened. Well, but, yeah. But, but thank you. <laughs> but but it doesn't sound like you overshared. No. And I. And I, it sounds it like was, you were very professional about yeah, it. Yeah. And, you know, they a couple of students kind of came up to me later and, you know, gave me a hug and said, I'm really sorry to hear about your friend. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was just a really sweet moment where they just saw me as not Miss Nicholas, their music teacher, but as just a person, mm -hmm. which can be scary because if you go too far down the personal road, mm -hmm. you risk that whole buddy-buddy thing. Yeah. Your students are not your friends. They should not be your friends. Right. But this this was kind of that happy medium that allowed me to Well, and it's not as though you've done this before. I mean, if you were a teacher exactly. like every other week, you were bursting into tears. Oh, yeah, and telling them every like, story about well, my life. Well, let's work her. Yeah, yeah no. And so. so then with the honesty card, I mean, you were telling your students not so much about the, the cancer score. No, I didn't mention the C word. Surgery. But yeah. yeah, but before I left for surgery and I knew I'd be out for like two weeks and a few days. Right. I did say, hey, you're going to have another teacher in here and you know her because uh, my substitute was someone who used to teach at our school for years and years. And now she's retired, but you'd never know it because she's at our school all the time. So, you know, I let them know that she's going to be there and I explain um, there's, I have to have surgery. They're going to take out my thyroid. Your thyroid is this gland in front that's kind of shaped like a butterfly. And they think something's wrong with it. And I left it at that. Yeah. Now, here's kind of the funny thing because, you know, I was honest with them about that. I didn't talk about the cancer because I think that word people, I mean, I don't, that word shocks me, right? Right, of course. And um, 
really you need to know that had it been cancer it would not be necessarily a death sentence that right. thyroid cancer is what they call quote one of the good cancers right because most of the time when uh one has thyroid cancer they have the thyroid taken out there's a tiny bit of um not even like uh chemotherapy but radiation treatment uh -huh. with the with the radioactive iodine pill which mm. thankfully yeah. i never had to learn what that was all about right. i mean i i did a little bit which sounds kind of kooky but well, many you people did some research. yes many people with thyroid cancer have fantastic survival rates right. it's not it's not there's other cancers to be more concerned oh, about yeah. but i don't have any cancer anyway to get back to what i was telling the kids is um when i came back and i said hey i'm all okay and and they were really sweet because they were all like legitimately concerned and like really glad i was back and um, I had said to a couple of classes that, you know, and here's my scar you see on my neck. And, and I was really a little bit worried, boys and girls, because um, when I was looking up um, other people who have been through having their thyroid taken out, uh, sometimes the scar looks really big as if your head was cut off <laughs> and put back on. Yeah. And it was right before Halloween. So I was like, well, I thought maybe I'd have a Halloween costume, but I really didn't want a huge scar like that. Okay, so I said that. Right. And then I had a parent who was not upset with me at all oh, but like right. uh who the other morning stopped me in the hallway and she's like oh my boys are so glad that you're back and they were talking about how wonderful it is to have you back in the music room but my younger one said did you know they cut off miss lejeune's head and then stitched it oh back my on? goodness <laughs> and she said and i told him no i that didn't happen no no it did she told us she told oh, us it did. so you know you gotta um just watch yeah. what you say. <laughs> I didn't say that, but you know. Misinterpretations. Yeah, that's what caught this little guy's right. ear, was that I was concerned that it was gonna look like my head was cut off and then oh wow so okay. you know Good you gotta to like know. um understand your audience right right so be honest yes but be careful but be <laughs> exactly <laughs> the theme so other things when hard times hit is something new and carrie did a fantastic you got to see if you haven't seen the instagram um the igtv igtv videos that, that created carrie too. put together yeah so i i did an escape room and it was a lot of work and i did it literally for one sixth grade class not the one i was talking about earlier but another sixth grade class who they're the sixth grade class who just does everything all the time the way they're supposed to and they just don't get a lot of recognition and i did this dorky little thing in my class and there was a little competition and they won so this was like their prize for Yay. winning so i thought i'm gonna put a lot of time and effort into this knowing that I'm only going to do it with this one class and then if it goes well obviously I'll do it with other classes later on and I think it went extremely That's well so awesome. you know for me again it was like okay it's this lull this time of year and I'm going to try something that I've never done before I did a little bit of research but a lot of it was just trial and error just you know just doing things that sounded fun to me mm -hmm. and um, I you know consulted my husband and my children and they kind of helped me come up with some stuff but it was just very not something that's my normal element obviously mm -hmm. you know as a Kodai inspired teacher so much of what we do is singing and active music making and this wasn't quite that because it was more theoretical stuff I mean it was really like stations but they were like hyped up stations that's awesome. high yeah. stakes stations yes and you know there are a lot of things that could have gone really bad as far as time goes and not being able to complete the task and the amount of time we had not that anything would have been 
you know, bad about that. No one's going to get hurt. No, exactly. But, you know, just for the sake of the activity working, I wanted them to be able to escape. So I'm not going to go into, obviously, all the details now because there's Because you can watch it on IGTV. And they're on Facebook, too, those videos. Yes, yes. So you can go back and watch them if you're interested. But to me, it was just trying something totally different, totally new. And it gave me so much energy for that whole week, even though I was only doing it with that one particular class. Like, I was super excited about it. And And it was really, really fun. So cool. And it gave me a lot of joy, as well as the kids, too. So just try something new that you've never done. So one of those things you've always had in the back burner that you think, well, this might be fun someday, but I don't know. You know, maybe now in November would be a good time to try one of those activities definitely and if it goes well great and if it doesn't okay but at least you've tried something something a little different yes so that that's a fantastic thing which brings us into um it could also be a fantastic time to bring in songs and games that don't really fit anywhere in your curriculum right that you're just doing for the fun and the joy of it yeah right um and this is not to say i mean Anything that you do in your music room that is musical, like singing and playing the game, of course, is part of the curriculum, even if it's just for the joy of making music, because that's what it's all about. Um, But this is the time where um, you can pull in, hey, if sixth grade or fifth grade want to play um, Witch Witch, especially during Halloween. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been known to do that, and like... One so, of their older games that's maybe yes. considered, you know, first I'm not using it game. for yeah. pedagogical purpose. Exactly. We're not, like, going to be notating fun. it on the staff. Though yeah. you could, you know, if they're there, if they'll buy into it. Yeah. Well, and I just recently taught my both my fifth and sixth graders Our Old Sow, mm-hmm. um, the song game Our Old Sow. It's, it's, you know, one of those games, um, how do you explain it, where they make a grid with their mm-hmm. arms up. and They're the cornrows. Yeah, they're the cornrows, mm-hmm. and the, the farmer's trying to chase the sow, and it's just a really fun chase game. And yeah. it has a great pedagogical pedagogical purpose. Low for, so is not beyond right. any But for, when know, I grade. taught it to them, it was just strictly just because I wanted a really fun, active game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm in this older beginner phase with those kiddos because I've just been at the school a few years. So, you know, we're not necessarily working on Tom T or Low So, but I just wanted to give them a really fun song and game just to add to our repertoire of songs and games that right. they love. And it, they loved it. And, you know, if it's nice, you can go outside and play it still. Exactly. If you are lucky to live somewhere like we do, where maybe the weather's still nice in November. But, yeah, just having those songs and games that are just fun for the mm-hmm. sake of being fun. Yeah. It's totally. okay. It is okay. <laughs> um, and then another thing that you might be doing throughout the year, I know that both of us do, is using those puppets. Yeah. Right? Keeping and it playful. Keeping it playful. And um, the thing about puppets that we we could we could talk a lot about puppets. Oh, you know, yeah. we could do a whole episode on puppets. Yeah. But I have several puppets that um kind of take on different personalities. Yeah. And it's not only refreshing because the kids are captivated by a puppet. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I'm getting a break. I know that sounds like a little kooky because <laughs> I'm still working the puppet. Right. But like my caterpillar Igabaduff will say things that are a little more um how shall I say, like, could uh, uh, almost be um, uh, rude. Right. Right. Then, then I would say to the class. Yeah. Like, so Igabaduff is a little more short. Oh. And <laughs> I haven't met this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's in charge of the lines and the spaces. Okay. Because um, it's EGBDF, Igabaduff. 
Oh, yeah. I get it now. Mm-hmm. He's a caterpillar, and he's Aww. got lines across his body. Oh. Anyway, he's okay. he's English. He's got an English accent. Uh, I wow. know. It sounds a little crazy. But, but no, that's the point. It's that, you <laughs> but know. But when I get out of Igabadaf, I don't feel like it's me teaching. Yeah. I feel like I can channel through this other thing. Yeah. And if Igabadaf, I mean, I have had puppets times where um, if the kids are being unruly, the puppet goes away. Right. And they can just, you know, turn their back and, and, and head out and, yeah. and go back to where they came from. And I will say, you know, I, Miss Lejeune, I have to be here. This is my job. But Igbadef, if you're rude to him, he doesn't have to stick around. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, no, it it's sounds true. a little kooky. Yeah, being very playful. I mean, yeah, I just taught grizzly bear well not just a little while ago to first graders talking about you know loud and soft and i have the little bear inside the trash can oh, and yes. just incorporating just something that simple into yes. into what we're doing i know it's not a trash can it's a log right the raccoon Rocky lives raccoon. in the trash can i call him Rocky. The but you know when it's not a trash can it's a recycling oh can. okay like it's it. got recycling stamp i inside. love it no back to the bear it's in a log so when he's yes, inside his in log, log we're singing soft and when he pops out we're singing loud and just incorporating that into the lesson just totally changed it for them and for me exactly and it made, just makes it more fun yes um and i was telling carrie about i've got a puppet that only comes out around halloween and her name is martha and her job is solely um, rhythmic dictation okay. or rhythmic echo- echoing. Yeah. Like, so she's a rhythm master, and she's like 723 years old. And um, the reason she doesn't talk mostly is because her mouth doesn't work, but her arms work. Mm. So her head and her arms move. She sounds kind of creepy. No, she's no. Well, and then the <laughs> other thing is she has kind of a scrunched up face and okay. long nose and yeah. she's wearing a black hat and oh. a black and before i bring her out i say well you have to be really sweet to martha because she can be a little shy there's been times when people have made fun of the way she looks Aww. and then so we're learning some empathy so we're trying to like kindness. bring in some empathy and <laughs> kindness um and then yeah she'll come out and and i use a castanet that i click between her tiny hands yeah um and and they do some echoing and like sometimes we do like actual rhythmic dictation where they have the dry erase boards and she'll you know click the rhythm on the cast nets yeah and they'll write it so the thing about martha is that she doesn't talk right once in a while she'll whisper in my ear and i can translate oh right right and then if they do really well then she'll show them her socks yeah her socks. Well, she's got this long black um, dress, and uh, you can make it so that she'll just like hike it up a little bit and show off her socks. Oh, that sounds risque. <laughs> she's like very happy and proud of her socks. Oh, Martha. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> have fun. Play. Just have fun yeah. with it, and it's it's not really you. It's it's the puppet. Exactly. Right. And uh, our final professional recommendation. Then we'll talk about some personal ones after that, but. Maybe just give yourself a break once in a while. Right. So, for example, Tanya. <laughs> this this section is titled, Sometimes You Just Have to Play. Is the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Yeah. And what, by play, I don't mean, like, get up and do things. I mean, like... Push sh- play. Push play. <laughs> On a and I'll tell you why. My first two days back to school, um, our schedule is such that we teach six classes in a row, and the last one's kindergarten. Yeah. And the kindergartners are kindergartners. Yeah. And they require a lot of energy. Yeah. Which usually is fine. Like, like, I mean, you know, I have to pet myself up a little bit. But uh, one of the things about your thyroid is it controls your 
uh, not controls, but it has a lot to do with your energy levels, right? right? And your metabolism and all that. Well, just having newly had my thyroid out, I, of course, have been put on thyroid meds that will help with that. And it'll be a couple weeks before they can take my blood and tell me if it's if if it needs to be adjusted. Yeah. And from what I understand, most people need it adjusted a couple of times before they find the right, you know, dose. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been tired in the afternoons, and I was tired in the afternoons when I had my thyroid because it's it's That's a, a long day. long day, and we honestly don't get our lunch and planning until we teach all those six classes. Oh man! And those kindergartners that require so much energy. I just knew going in, like, you know, back to school. I hadn't been in school. I'm getting really tired in the afternoons, even when I was just at home doing, you know, no talking to anyone. And uh, so, yeah, I 25 minutes of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which is a show that they really should know. Yeah. <laughs> All children should know Charlie All Brown. All children should know It's, it's the Great true. Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's one of my favorites. So I have the DVD. Yeah. I have a DVD player hooked up at school. And so, yes, I did do, I mean, it's a 45-minute class. So I did 15 minutes of regular lesson plan things. And then I just put on It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Well, yeah, if you're sick, if you're tired, if you have no voice, it's okay to give yourself a little break and find those age-appropriate and school-appropriate things to show them. Um, When I had kindergarten the day after Halloween, so on November 1st, we were celebrating Day of the Dead at my school. And so um, I have very short kindergarten classes. I only have a 20-minute class, but I showed them a little montage that I found on YouTube of just all the songs from Coco. So it wasn't the whole movie, but somebody had spliced together. I'm sure this is not copyright appropriate, but I did it anyways. So it's just all the songs from Coco. One of them had like lyrics to go with it. And um, just to give them a little bit of that Day of the Dead theme and to give myself a break because it was the day after Halloween and I was tired too. And so were they. So it's okay. Yeah. So find those go-tos. Yes. And there's several on, on, on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, you know what we should do? What? We should, on the Facebook page, we should just have, well, I'm, I mean, I know it's elsewhere, but it would be kind of fun to just, you know, compile a list of people's favorite go-to YouTube things. Yeah, totally. Um, that are just plug and play. Yeah. Not that you're going to do this all the time. No, just those ones in yes, a while. Thanks. Once in a while. And, and also there's fantastic, very short videos that relate directly to what you are teaching that enhance that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking talking about about. (laughs) just straight up giving yourself a break. Yes. Yeah. So let's focus now on some personal things we can do to get us through the lulls. Yes. Yes. And I definitely need to shout out um, my district and their induction news and notes for November 2018 because I am talking. I'm taking a lot of these talking points directly off of my mentor training. That's awesome. And what I'm going to be talking to uh, with inductees, yeah, first year teachers, and um, so anyway. But this is not just this first year teachers. This is something that can this speak to anybody. Everybody. Yeah. So personally, you know, if you're finding that you're struggling, um, just some things to remember that everybody's going through this. Yep. Um, it won't last forever. You are not alone unless you choose to be. Yeah. And self advocating leads to support. So if you really need help beyond um, things like, you know, a night of pampering or extra sleep. If you are feeling like you are in need 
please look at your district resources. Right. I know in our district, we have mental health resources. Yes. And for free, you can sign up to go talk to a counselor, and it can be really helpful. Yeah. And it's not something to be ashamed of. Um, when I was pregnant with my second child, I had a couple of appointments with the, because I was just feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. Yeah. And it was really actually helpful to talk yeah. to somebody within that network and being a employee of our district, I was just able to do that. Yeah. And so you might have that right. opportunity what, in your own district. There. Um, other things on here, make a list of activities that bring you feelings of joy and restoration and that you know that are good for you. Yeah. Um, exercise, I think, is a really important thing. I think that <laughs> it's something that, like, when I, before I go to the gym, I'm always, not always, but most, many times, especially lately after this surgery, because I've only been back in the routine for like a week and a half but um I don't want to do it I don't want to go yeah and I know you've probably heard this before but it's always helpful to for me to say to myself okay I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do 10 minutes and after 10 minutes I'm not into it and I'm really miserable I give myself permission to like leave but you love it when you go but when I go I'm just like I'm here I'm yeah. doing the thing and I'm feeling a little bit better and so yeah. I stay um Okay, other things on this list. I really like this. Cut out time waster activities that don't bring you a high degree of satisfaction. Yep. So, you know, if there are things that you're doing that you can not do because they don't bring you any joy in life. Yeah. Like, you know, it's okay to let go of those things. Right. And maybe now would be a good time to say, especially as a teacher, be careful about those social media things like Instagram and, and Pinterest and Facebook. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though we're on there and we hope that some people get ideas from our stuff, it can also sometimes be a downer mm -hmm. because you look at other people and you think, wow, they're doing such amazing things and I feel less than. Right. And I, I don't think that's ever the intention of anyone who's posting things, but you just might be in that state of mind. So if you find yourself scrolling through you know, those social media things and feeling like looking at those things are not inspirational to you. They're doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. They're making you feel not great about your teaching. Turn it off. Well, and there <laughs> has been some research that has shown that the more time you spend on social media, the crappier you feel. Exactly. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. 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 So if it's so not So if you're looking for resources for specifically and you're on there and you're reaching out, that's one thing. But if you're just mindlessly scrolling through. And I, I am guilty of doing I, that. Oh, totally. We all do because we get sucked into it. And um, the new, it's funny, because uh, the new upgrade for the iPhone has that feature where it shows you how much time oh, you're spending yes. on and social it's, media. It's kind of shocking. It is a little bit shocking. Yeah. Yeah. But good for me to know that um, I need to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, identify people in your life who provide you with support. Spend time with those people. Yeah. Um, even if it's just like a simple, well, do people, t I, I talk on the phone, but I'm older right. than many people. Um, but, you know, if it's helpful to meet someone in person or talk on the phone or even like exchange emails. Yeah. That's something that is definitely worth your time. Yep. And and here's one that's great for, for no, November yeah. that I'm trying to work on is practice gratitude. Yeah. Uh, if sometimes people prefer to do this in the morning or in the evening before they go to bed, if you can like pinpoint three things and even write down three things that you're grateful for, people or things, and then why you're grateful for that. Yeah. That's helpful. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading a book right now that I am forgetting the name of. Um, anyway, 
I will link it in the show notes, but I'm reading a book about um, like researching happiness and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, something that's mentioned in there is not just to write down something that you are grateful for, but to make it different every day. Yeah. Because of course, your first things are going to be your my spouse, family, your friends, friends yeah. your this, your that. Uh, but it really forces you to find more things that you are grateful for. Right. Um, and that can be very helpful. Yeah. One thing I did recently, and this, I guess, was specifically professional, but I see it being personal, too, is like spinning the negative into a positive. So I was having, you know, kind of a tough day. There were like a lot of tough classes in a row and I was feeling frustrated. And so what I did to combat that for myself was at the end of the day, I went on Class Dojo and I just sent out a bunch of positive messages to parents. I chose one kid from every class and it took me about 25 minutes to Mm -hmm. to message. To be honest, I kind of cut and pasted the same message. but inserted the kid's name but it was truly a message that was just your kids going above and beyond they're very respectful they're working hard and I really appreciate having them in my class and it made me feel so much better (laughs) and then on top of that throughout the evening as parents would write back I'd get this little ding on my phone and it was like oh thank you it's so great to hear you know so then it was like uh, I turned those negative classes where I just could have gone home and vented to my husband about how crappy my day was but Mm -hmm. instead I went home and I was like oh look I got this message from my parent and I mean I mean Maybe it's a little superficial, but not. No, I mean, not. It, it made me feel better. I know it definitely made those parents happy because sometimes yeah. you don't hear those positive We're things. We're actually doing that this year as a staff where we, um, our principal had a bunch of postcards made. Yeah. And every staff meeting that we have, we start with writing two or three um, postcards with just a little bit, but to the student directly. Right. And, um, and so I did that right before my surgery and I, I, um, wrote to two uh, twins, Mm -hmm. um, because these boys, uh, these fourth grade boys like made an effort when I saw them in the lunchroom, like a couple of days before I was going to be absent. And they said, Hey, Miss Lejeune, we really hope it goes well. And we'll be thinking about you. And that really touched me. So I just kind of, you know, I wrote to them directly and I made sure they were both different because I know they're twins and they're both going to get that. Um, and it's very interesting because, you know, weeks have passed since then, but both of them have gone out of their way to like, tell me that they got their postcard and it really made their day. Aww. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely see applications of this to personal life too. Mm-hmm. So when you sit down and you write down in your journaling, you know, maybe write down one thing that didn't go so good and then write down three things in your life that are going well, right. you know, professional or personal. And this kind of feels, um, sometimes it feels like homework and yeah. it's okay. Because sometimes you have to have that intentional positivity in your life. And then don't expect to get anything back. That's the other hard thing. Right, yeah. Is because it's it's good to tell someone that you're grateful for them. But it's good to not tell someone, too. Yeah. You know, just the fact that you write it down, that you're grateful for something, that will do a lot in your own, you know, life as far as understanding and remembering that you're really happy that you have these things in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fostering a growth mindset. I'm sure you've heard about growth mindset and how important it is. And it's interesting because as a Generation X kid myself, (laughs) um, that's something that on the surface when you hear about growth mindset and it it sounds great and oh yeah, of course, done. I'm, I'm adopting a growth mindset. But for years and years as a kid growing up, I was told and, you know, that there was this belief 
that was prevalent in society that for whatever subject, for whatever thing, you have it or you don't, your yeah. IQ is fixed. Yeah. That's a big one that um, I remember as a kid is that if you have, if you take an IQ test, that's it. That That's your number. It's never going to change. Yeah. And so I've noticed that I've got that to work through, that I don't have a growth mindset for everything. Right. That it, it's a hard sell really deep down just because of the way that I was raised and not that my parents were doing anything to tell me that, you know, I was um, fixed. Right. As far as my talents and my abilities. But the idea of a growth mindset being that um, if you accept the idea that you are able to accomplish something, uh, that that's most important. And if you're understanding that failure and mistakes is just part of the road to success, that that will aid you more. Right. Right. And I mean, then there's this fantastic book about growth mindset by um, Carol Dweck that I'll link to. Yeah. That's really worth because it's it goes deeper than than just believing in yourself. Right. It really does. But um, as a music teacher, especially, I don't want to ever believe that my students can't be musical. Right. And I know, I mean, even as a kid, I remember music teachers who believed in, in the idea of talent. You can right. do it or you can't do it. And right. that, you know, then why, te- why bother teaching music if you really have this idea exactly. that some kids can and some kids can't? Yeah. All kids are able to grow and, and get better. And no, they might not go all off and major in music. In fact, they're likely not to. Right. But what but are we not, instilling them is, yeah. is, is a general love of music and the fact that they can access it, they can participate in it to whatever level they want to. Right. And now it's time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. Okay. And Tanya's got one for us today. Uh, I do. And I, I know I say this, but this is one of those that most of you are already doing and you're going to roll your eyes at me and that's fine. Okay. <laughs> so coming back to school, not only can I not um, sing much, but also I don't have volume. Right. And I don't have, con- well, when I try to vary the pitch of my voice it's not what I I, I feel like really a, a, a teenager boy who can't control the pitch right so anyway um I have not used a microphone until now I yeah. have been teaching this is my 24th year teaching and I've never used a microphone as a matter of fact I'm one of those people that was like I don't need a microphone right I'm a singer I can project this is you know yeah. I don't need a microphone. Well, yeah. hey, guess what? Microphones are really awesome. Yeah. And it's it's a lifesaver for me right now because I, I, I don't have any volume. I can't raise my voice. I mean, not that you need to raise your voice all the time, but there are times well, where yeah, you, you have do to need talk to over recording talk. Exactly. or something like that. Yeah. So I have been very efficient with using my voice as little as possible because yeah. I'm really not supposed to overtax my voice so I'm really I'm learning how to not do that but also just having that microphone and I have an FM system which is this um, the microphone hangs around your neck um, my long dangly necklaces aren't working really well right but other than that it's all good because uh, it comes through this big white speaker that lives in the back of the uh, of the 
or actually now it's in the front of the music room and it's just been a lifesaver and I know a lot of people are just already using microphones and kudos to you and I'm sorry for all of the um <laughs> snarkiness <laughs> snarkiness in, in my head in the past about microphones so you'll continue to use it when your voice is fully back hell yeah yeah uh-huh <laughs> I mean until the librarian wants it back but she seems fine oh so you didn't have to buy one specific I was going to but yeah. um our librarian is only she's She's only at our school for the morning time, okay. and so she's yeah letting me borrow that. Nice. So I'm thankful to have a microphone. Do you use a microphone? I don't. I've been kind of on the camp of not. <laughs> I mean, my room is not that big, and I generally, I don't know. I, I rarely lose my lose my voice throughout right. the school year. No, and, and I never have, never yeah found it to be necessary. And I guess I was always one of those people that was kind of a purist when it comes to like I didn't want my voice to sound electronic. I, I wanted know. it to sound natural. But I can see that if you have vocal issues or a large room. I mean, I'm sure it's something that someday I'll probably want to try. Well, and this FM system I really like because it doesn't sound electronic. Okay. It just sounds amplified. So you'll link to, like, the specific brand you're using? I will, yeah, I will do that. Yeah. For sure. So, yes, I'm a convert. You're on the bandwagon I'm on the bandwagon. Let's use microphones. Sweet. And now we are at our CODA section where we recommend something professional or personal that we've been enjoying in our lives. Or will enjoy in my case. Or will enjoy, exactly. Because what I'm going to recommend (laughs) is that you all consider attending the OAKE, Organization of American Kodai Educators, National Conference. Because you can register now. Because you can register now. I thought of it because registration is now open. So the conference is in Columbus, Ohio, March 21st through 24th. Mm-hmm. And um, if you go to oake.org, they have all the information there. But, um, you know, all the flyers came out and... The, the list of presenters looks fantastic. Yes. Tanya is going to be presenting I and will doing be presenting. some fun things. Yes. And um, just really amazing clinicians. Mm-hmm. The Oak Choirs are always amazing, and there's some great conductors. So if you've never been to a national and conference, Aileen Miracle. And Carla Chwinski. Yes, are, are the, the are co-chairs. The, the co-chairs. And they're doing a fabulous and job. And yes, of course they are because they're fantastic and yeah. they're bringing together so many fantastic things. And um, professional development is so wonderful live and in person. Yes. And when you go to an Oak conference, there's just so much to take in. Yes. Even if you're not going to a session and instead you're going to watch the choirs rehearse right exactly. you learn so much just watching those rehearsals yeah and i cannot recommend um that highly enough oh is, yeah is just taking it all in and being with like-minded people and there's just something for everyone there totally yeah and it's fun it's so much fun <laughs> and it's inspiring and it's amazing it's life-changing it, is it sounds life-changing. cheesy but it is it so is. Yeah, if you have never been to any sort of national conference, this is definitely one to consider attending. Ohio's, you know, kind of And what are central, the dates again? Uh, March 21st through 24th. And where so, can you go to register? Uh, OAKE.org. Yes. I already said that sign. Oh, yeah. okay. Just <laughs> no, that's making okay. sure. That's okay. Um, yeah, no, definitely go check it out on the website and just see if that's something you're interested in. Um, you know, it can be a little pricey to go to a national conference and but fly. But it is so worth but it. But it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. So something to think about in your conference planning yes and you know talk to your principal because sometimes they will help pay for these things or, or your district in or general. your 
your district or sometimes our teachers union will give days and, and say, travel yeah. funds and yeah. um or there's grants sometimes out there, whatever yes. you can apply for, it's scholarships. So, anyways, that's my recommendation. Yay! How about you, Tanya? Okay, so as you can imagine, during my two weeks, two weeks and a few days at home, I actually did not spend the entire time watching Netflix. Oh, man, I'm disappointed. And reading. <laughs> I was gonna, I, I was gonna read all these kidding. books. Um, what did I do? You know, I slept sometimes. No, well, you had to physically Sleeping recover happens. so that's yeah. okay too but i did watch some netflix of course okay and not only did i get caught up on this is us that's important which you know really <laughs> i don't i mean you're probably already watching it if that's the kind of thing you do but uh -huh. it's not like um um it, it's a it can be a downer yeah so anyway uh one thing that i have seen on netflix a couple of times now that i'm a little late to recommend because i know it's been recommended and brought up is a um comedian special by Hannah Gadsby called Nanette and she is this lesbian comic from um, Tasmania and her her special on Netflix it is very funny but it is also very um, I don't know how to say enlightening life-affirming and it's it's just it's just fantastic I can't really I think you got to go and you got to watch it or at least see the overview she um, really talks about um, being respectful of all groups and genders and anyway yeah. it's it's just it was really fantastic to see so i saw it and then my mom came over and hung out with me one day when uh -huh. i was homesick and i made her watch it too with me yeah and um anyway it's just fantastic hannah gatsby nanette on netflix i haven't watched it yet so i will yes. definitely make sure and i have that. to give a shout out just because carrie and i were just talking and i haven't seen it but <laughs> i feel like our words worlds are, are colliding hurting. yeah yeah because i did do a recommendation for Br Brene brown yeah. And, and one of her anything books. Brene Brown. Anything Brene Brown. Anything uh -huh. Brene Right. Um, and that can be, that, that stuff's kind of heady. Yeah. And then Dax Shepard is not. <laughs> right. So Armchair Expert is his podcast, which I've recommended, that I enjoy, even though he can come off a bit abrasive. No, I've listened to a bunch of them. Yeah, and, and it depends on who his co-host is and what the topic is. Right. Um, but he did a live taping of Armchair Expert and Brene Brown. And I have not seen guest. it, so I'm I just very told excited. Tanya she needs to listen to it. And so if you are like us and you enjoy either Dax <laughs> Shepard or Brene Brown or a combination of both, you gotta definitely go check it give out. that one a listen. Totally. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring blog. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about, well, we don't really know what we're going to be talking about because it will be our anniversary episode. Our one-year anniversary. Our one-year anniversary. Aww. And we would like you, our listeners, to choose what we, we talk about. So please go to our Facebook or our Instagram page where you will find a poll and uh, vote, vote, vote. That will determine what we talk about next time. And until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking. Music.